Hosea chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Barry, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. All right, let's uh, start with a word of prayer before we look into this new book here. Dear God, thank you for the time we have to study your word. Thank you that we're able to learn from it, to, uh, you know, make it part of our lives, that, you know, you've given us so much to study. Lord, I ask that you be with me right now as we just try to uh, uh, look in this new book here and try to gain your wisdom from it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, you know, last time we finally closed out the book of Acts after our multi-year journey and you know, looking at all the different things, you know, all the different people, so on and so forth, right? So I asked you guys recently, oh, what do you guys think we should study next, right? And uh, of course, no one said anything, right, as usual. So the people with the most opinions are people like Nathan and Melvin about what we should study, right? And Nathan came up with this thing, he says, you know, there's something that we rarely ever cover in church, right? Rarely ever cover. And those are the minor prophets, right? There's a bunch of books in the middle of the Bible, right? And the minor prophets, the first one that starts off in biblical order is the book of Hosea. So I said, oh, right, we'll give it a try. We'll see how it goes, right? We'll try it out and see how interesting it is or not interesting it is, right? I don't know if we're going to be doing all 12 minor prophet books. That could definitely take years and years and a decade or whatever and more to study everything, right? But at the very least, we'll try this one out. The book of Hosea. You know, we, we say this briefly, you know, on the Friday Night Fellowship, if you remember, long, long time ago, right? So, you know, today we'll embark on a much more detailed study, of our typical verse-by-verse -verse study to see who's Hosea, what does he write about, why is important, why do we care, right? Those are the questions, right? The same questions we always ask, right? Before we can jump into the meat of the topic, the meat of the topic, we want to go look at the general, the background, the background, because, you know, I think we need that to understand these books, these minor prophets, because I think a lot of us don't know the background. You compare something to studying like, you know, you know, like Peter and Paul. A lot of us, oh, we've heard of Peter, we've heard of Paul, right? You study Jesus, oh, we know who Jesus is, right? I bet not many people here can say, oh, I know who is Hosea, right? Not many people would raise their hand and say, oh, yes, yeah, certainly, I know, that's what it is, I'm there, I got it, no. So first, today, we'll start off with the introduction, and then next, uh, next month, I think, whenever we, I think it's next month, we'll reconvene with chapter one in earnest, right, in earnest. But right now, we start off with the overview of, you know, the minor prophets, right, so, again, the Minor Prophets are these 12 books in the middle of your Bible. And probably if I ask you right now, your quick snap, like, like, tell me what you think about the Minor Prophets. What do you know about the Minor Prophets? What's the big thing that, think, that comes to your mind of Minor Prophets, right? You probably think something like this. Oh, you know, it's the thing that I never read. It is boring stuff in the middle. Who cares? These like these random books in the middle of nowhere, right? The stuff that... You know, we never, we rarely hear a message about at church, right? You know, but while it's true that this is probably the least studied section of the Bible, not just among us here at this church, probably among all churches, right? For whatever reason, this is the least studied uh, section. It doesn't mean that this section is any less important than the rest of the Bible. The minor designation doesn't mean anything about the content. In fact, it was just made up by some guy 
thousand years ago or whatever that, 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 that decided that, oh, you know, there's a lot of prophets in the Bible, right? Some of them are long books, right? Books like Isaiah, 50 plus chapters, right? So these are really long books. Jeremiah, long book, right? And some of them are short books. Books like, you know, Obadiah, it's one chapter, right? So the, the delineation they made was that, oh, the major prophets are the long ones. They wrote a lot of stuff. That's why they're called the major prophets, right? And the minor prophets were the shorter ones. Not that their message is any less important or the material is not worth studying as much. Nope, they're all just as important, all just as meaningful. It's just the brevity, the brevity is what makes the distinction, right? There's a lot of stuff in these books that is, you know, important, that's worthy of study, and that's why I look today, right? Here's the name of the books right here, right? Here's your books here, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, right? Those are the 12, right? In fact, if you look in the Hebrew Bible, they don't even call them minor prophets, they just call them the 12, the 12, right? So what's a prophet? What are all these guys from Hosea all the way through to Malachi? These are people that spoke the word of the Lord. They spoke the word of the Lord. They applied the word to their lives. They shared that message to the people around them, right? They were all men, but they were men that God chose to speak through. And the message that he spoke to them was a message both for the people of their time and for the people in the future. And for the people in the future, right? These people did stuff, obviously, based on the fact they were prophets, of prophesizing, right? That's what we mean by the message carries into the future. Their words spoken by them of God through them is something not just for the people listening then, but for the people going afterwards, right? The predictions, the instruction, all that was supposed to carry on long after the prophet was gone. And that's part of the reason why this was written down and recorded, right? It was written down and recorded so that we have a record, so that we know continuing on into the future, this is what God said. This is God's lesson. This is God's message. And guess what? We today are the beneficiaries of that too. We benefit from those people that recorded it long ago because the future continues, right? Time did not stop after, you know, 700 BC or whatever, whenever this happened, right? It continued on until today, and it will continue on, and it will continue to be relevant going forward. So, to get a good understanding, though, of who are the minor prophets, who is Hosea, and they get the background, the introduction, it really takes a good understanding of the history, your Bible history. So I don't want to get bore you guys and spend like, you know, hours and hours going through all the details and all that stuff. Hopefully you guys have studied it on your own, but to give you kind of like the high-level, you know, 30,000-foot view of what happens, let's go quickly into Bible history, just a little bit, to see where do the minor prophets fit in? Because we know that the Bible is not ordered chronologically, right? You guys know that, right? That when you see Genesis and it goes all the way through the Old Testament, not each book is written in the chronological order. It wasn't like this came first and this came second. Some of them are, some of them aren't. And these minor prophets are these books that aren't, right? Just because Malachi comes at the very end, Right? Or just because whatever, actually Malachi is at the very end, that's one where it makes sense. But just like Hosea, it comes in the middle of the Bible, right? Doesn't mean that, for example, 
It happens any times earlier, later than stuff that happened in the book of you know, Kings or Chronicles. Because those things happen concurrently. So these prophets, they... You know, this is a very complex diagram I stole from the internet, right? But uh, to make it simple, right? They lived during the time of the kings. So you remember King David, right? King David and King Solomon, the famous kings. They were powerful kings. They were rich kings, successful kings, prosperous kings, right? That was the era of David and Solomon. Most of you guys know about that, right? So we compared to Hosea. That was probably like 200-something years before we get to this time, right? But what happened after those kings, right? After the height, right? Solomon was probably the height. He was probably the richest king, the most successful king, all those kind of things. What happened? Well, the kingdom started to decline. And you guys know generally, without going all the details, you can read on your own in the Book of Kings, Book of Chronicles. You guys know generally what happened was the kingdom split in two. There's Israel in the north, Judah in the south, right? The kingdom split in two. And we know generally, right? The kingdom is split in two, and what happens with these kings that are ruling both kingdoms? There are some kings that were good kings, that they followed God, they followed what God said. But unfortunately, there were many, many kings who were bad kings, right? The kings that allowed wickedness to happen, that allowed the country to fall into sin, that allowed the country to fall away from God. And this was a slow, gradual decline over years that resulted in Basically, the kingdoms getting taken over, right? First, Israel fell to the Assyrians, right? And then Judah stuck around a little longer, the southern kingdom, until it was taken over by the Babylonians. And the Babylonians also conquered the Assyrians, so they controlled everything, right? The Babylonians. And what you see down here is, well, where did the minor prophets fit in, right? They were here, 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 here. They were speaking before Israel fell, and before Judah fell, they were speaking during the time they fell, and they're even speaking after that time. So you see, compared to, you know, they have the cross-reference here with the Book of Kings, like where you would see this. You see they're actually interspersed, right? They're cross-reference and everything like that, right? This is all happening at the same time, right? These guys are preaching their message during this period of transition, this couple hundred years, right? We're talking about from the 800s before Christ, all the way to the 400s before Christ. That's when they were out there sharing God's message all throughout that time, right? And they're sharing this message during this time where Israel and Judah were slowly descending into basically non-existence. And believe it or not, after these guys go off the map in was 580, or roughly 586 BC, Israel ceases to be a real country for basically until the 20th century, right? They are a conquered people for many, many, many years, right? So during all this time, what do these prophets talk about, right? What are these prophets all talking about? And there is a unifying message between all 12 books, right? Which is part of the reason I don't know if we're going to study all 12 books because the message is very similar, the themes, right? When we studied the book of Acts, we had our themes. If I had to sum up what is the theme of the minor prophets? What is the theme of the book of Hosea, right? What is the theme, theme? I could boil it down into one word. What's the one word? So if you don't remember anything else, you ask me, what's the minor prophets about, right? If you don't remember anything else from all the thousands of words, uh, words I'll spill over the next few years talking about them, remember this. 
the minor prophets, their message is simply this. It is to repent. Repent. That's mostly what their prophecies were about. They said, hey, we're warning you. You guys are falling in the sin. Time to repent. You guys need help. Time to repent. Look, the Assyrians are coming. They might come take you over. Time to repent. Babylonians are coming, right? Your country's in trouble. Time to repent. It's time to get right with God. Time to get right with God. And sadly for Judah and Israel, they never got the message, right? They never got the message. They wound up being a conquered people, a conquered people. But still the message is the same from all these prophets, right? It's time to repent. It's time to put our faith into God. It's time to put our faith in the Savior. Yes, that's right. These books were where we get a lot of indications about the coming Savior, the coming Messiah, coming Jesus Christ. We need to repent when you put our trust in Jesus. Right? That was the message back then. That message carries on into the future. And I think you can all agree that makes sense even today. So let's talk a little about Hosea. Hosea, the person, generally, right? Hosea, you know, this is some artist rendering, not accurate, right? Of some, someone drawing the Hosea story in the picture, right? Hosea, he, his name means salvation. It means, it means salvation, right? right? It's kind of similar to like Joshua. You know, we studied Joshua before, how his name translated is uh, as salvation also. And kind of similar, right? Hosea, Joshua, you know, if you can speak your uh, Hebrew language, roughly the same, right? That's the way his name is you know, kind of pronounced. And that's kind of what he talks about, right? right? He talks about what is the way to, to salvation. And again, we know the answer is repentance, right? The answer is get salvation from turning to God, turning away from sin. That's what Hosea was all about, right? And Hosea, he was in the northern kingdom, Israel, right? This is where he went around and he spoke, right? And what he does, for the most part, if you look at his readings, right, um, is he just talks about, kind of observes uh, the state, the state of Israel, right? Their pending talks about their pending fall, talks about their departure from God, right? So he was speaking in the days of the kings, and you can go back to that last chart. Maybe I'll put it up online somewhere that talks about the cross-references, but the cross-reference from verse 1 we read was he was in the time of Jeroboam, right? Jeroboam, which is in 2 Kings somewhere, right? And from a political and economic standpoint back then in the days of Jeroboam, uh, Israel was still doing okay, right? It was still doing okay, right? They were still okay politically. They were still prospering economically. They were not doing badly during that time, right? But Jeroboam wasn't one of those bad, horrible kings that let the kingdom go uh, horribly horrible. So at the time when Hosea started his ministry, it was okay, right? But you know what happens a lot of times when you get a country that's doing okay, not too bad, just hanging in there, People got comfortable, right? You know, they're comfortable. Oh, we're doing okay. Economy's okay. Political issues are okay. No wars, no crazy stuff going on. And as they get comfortable, what happens? It's a lot easier for those people to fall into idolatry, into spiritual failure, into moral corruption. And, you know, basically, 
this whole story of the minor prophets is a downward decline, the continuing decline through all this time as they, as they progress you know, further and further. So that's the kind of, of world that he lived in, right? Where Israel more and more and more was committing uh, spiritual adultery against God, right? They embarked down this path where more and more people were open to these pagan gods, right? And, you know, they didn't really care back about this old thing like, oh, God and prophets, ah, who cares, right? That's the old stuff. We're doing okay right now. And what we'll see in our study is that Hosea is really a reaction, a reaction to all that stuff going on and a powerful message, a powerful imagery that kind of tells them where they're going wrong, what they need to do right, how do they correct it. All right? So why do we study stuff like this, right? What's the importance of studying the book of Hosea? What's the importance of studying the minor prophets, right? And I think it's threefold as we get close to, run, to uh, running up our time here, right? But why do we care? The first reason is historical. Historical. When we study these books, there's a lot of history written in them, right? There's a lot of stories written in them of stuff that happened to Israel during these years, stuff that happened to Judah during these years. This is a historical record. This is a true record. This is a record that can be cross-referenced with other stuff. We know it's real because even other things, other evidences support the existence of, yes, there were these kings once upon a time, right? These kings existed. There was a kingdom of Israel. There's a kingdom of Judah. All historians agree on that. This is a further confirmation of that kind of stuff. We have this historical record also to illustrate, illustrate the important lessons coming out of this time, right? Just as we study in the book of Acts, which is story after story after story, right? Stories have meanings, right? God, if he wanted to, he could have just had the Bible be all commands, right? It'd be a lot shorter if he just said, guess what? Repent, right? He could, he could, Cut out these 12 books from the Bible. It says, my instruction to you guys is repent. Don't sin. Turn away from evil. He puts in all these stories, this historical record, to reinforce the point, right? There's the same reason why in all of our, you know, our, uh, our classes in school, we rely on things like stories to educate us, right? The stories have more meaning. It sticks in our head more, right? When you do your English class, no one has to read all these things like Shakespeare and all these other stuff that you read, right? But the idea is that, oh, as you write about those topics, it's better than just, you know, write an essay about anything. Or you're writing an essay about Shakespeare or has some meaning, right? So same thing. We have these stories from the Minor Prophets. It focuses, focuses our attention on what God is trying to bring out in the Bible. It's not just a list. It's not just a list. Do this. Don't do this. It's an illustration. It's an example. It's history. Number two point. We study these books because they are prophetic. They're prophetic, right? Prophecy of both stuff that happened in the past that was fulfilled and prophecy that was continuing on to the future. Now, you guys heard me speak extensively on prophecy last year, right? About the importance of prophecy. About how when God says something, we expect it to happen. Right? If God said something and it didn't happen, God's a phony. Right? If there was some prophecy he had and it didn't come true, we could throw this whole Bible away. We could say God is a liar. But you know what? I've pointed it out. Melvin points it out all the time. Nathan points it out all these points and whatever like this. God's never wrong. The prophecy is always right. 
When God says something, it comes true. God predicted that these kingdoms would fall. It came true. God made predictions about how this behavior would corrupt the people. It came true. Those instructions hold true today, too. The prophecy didn't just end, right? A lot of times people say, oh, yeah, he predicted the kingdom would fall. It fell. Therefore, we don't need to study these minor prophets anymore. It's over. It's over, right? They learned their lesson. That was a lesson for Israel. That was a lesson for Judah, right? No, the lesson applies still today, right? The lesson applies still today. Because the third reason we study this is because it is practical, right? So a lot of people, like I said at the start, oh, we don't study the minor prophets. It's boring. It doesn't seem practical. It's about all these things that happened, you know, thousands of years ago to some people. They're predicting they would go and get, you know, taken over. And that's about it, right? No, 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 no. There's a lot of practicality that comes from studying these books. Because look at the situation. Remember, these were countries that were in a period of, you know, okay, political and economic situation, but they were in a, in a period of decline, overall decline, both politically, economically, and spiritually, right? Does that seem familiar to anybody here today, right? Well, a lot of people are saying right now that America is in decline, right? We have a whole presidential campaign based on the theory of what? Make America great again. The implication when you say make America great again is that America is no longer great, right? America's going downward, right? Now, he might be saying that about the politics and economics, but is it true that America also is going on a downward trend spiritually? Are we noticing that church attendance is down? Are we noticing that following the Bible is down? Are we noticing that our spiritual and moral values that have been the compass of the country for years and years and years is down, right? Right? Look at all the things that have changed just in these past few years of our lifetimes, right? Where it was a change from, oh, homosexuality is accepted, is not accepted. Now it's, what's wrong with you if you don't accept gay marriage, right? Or it went from, we try to have as few, abortion is legal, but we try to have as few as many, as few as possible, to why can't we have abortion all the time, anytime, right? We go from an era where, you know, talking about sex, premarital sex, all these other things is taboo to today where it's on every TV show, movie, you name it, song, whatever, where this is just part of who we are, what we talk about, our culture, so ingrained. Our country is on this trajectory too, just as it was back then. And the lessons that Hosea gave back then of how do we turn from it, right? How do we go back? It's the same lesson that applies to us today, that's meaningful to all of us today. That same message of repentance, turning away from sin, trying to right the country, putting it back in the right direction, seeking, as his name is, salvation. And that's the importance of this book, and that's what we look into next time. You know, so, you know, to sum up, minor prophets, important, all these three reasons, right? All parts of the Bible are important, right? You don't just say, oh, because in the middle we don't care about it, because they don't care about it. The short book we don't care about. Nope. There's important messages in all of them. So we'll pick up our study next time as our times run out now, right? And this is what I want you to do. We'll try something different as we go into this new book, right? Assignment for you guys, right? When we pick this up next month, I want you guys to read chapter one. Next message, we'll cover all of chapter one. 
And here's the question for you guys. Read, chap- read verse 2. If you focus on verse 2 and try to figure out why this weird story is in there. Okay? So maybe if you're lazy, you don't want to read the whole chapter 1, just read verse 2. And you'll see it, and you'll read it, and you'll say, boy, this is weird. Right? All right. We'll talk about it next time, though, in uh, March. Let's pray as we wrap up here. Dear God, thank you for giving us the book of Hosea, the minor prophets, stuff for us to study, stuff for us to learn from. All your word is important. We want to learn from all of it. We want to make it part of our lives, Lord. Help us as we learn the message here of repentance and all the other things, right? We're going to put our country in the right direction, just like how you would hope that Israel and Judah would go in the right direction. Lord, please help us with that. Be with us the rest of the Sunday as we continue to worship you, honor you, and glorify you. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.